I agree, you're supposed to hide God's word in your heart, but I I would like to have this up here right now. Uh, Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6. I tell you what, I I lead worship at our church, and I love it. I absolutely, again, I I do what I love. And uh, one of the things I love about leading worship is, really, the focus is not on me, it's not on you, it's all about God. It's what God can do uh, for us. Is this set up, brother? Bottom button. Bottom button. Bam. There it is. Okay, we're good then. Uh, again, the focus is all about Christ. And that's what I love because the last thing I want to do is focus on somebody who is finite, someone who is sinful, uh, someone who has encountered problems and trials and failure on a regular basis. I want to point everyone to someone who will never fail you, which is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so tonight we're really going to focus on Romans chapter seven, uh, chapter 6. And if you know anything about Romans chapter 6, it's all about the amazing grace of God. A great hymn I enjoyed, uh, uh, grew up singing, The Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. I once was lost, but now am found was blind, uh, but now I see. A wonderful hymn written by John Newton. And it really encompasses everyone's salvation testimony, the fact that we were lost and now we are found because of our Savior Christ. The fact that we were blind, but God brought us into the light because of what God did for us and what He did for us is through His death, His burial, and His wonderful resurrection. And that gospel plan leads to His amazing grace, obviously with the definition of grace that we do not deserve. So tonight we're going to look into Romans chapter 6, and we're going to look into the the theme, if you will, the title, uh, Liberty in the Midst of Slavery. Liberty in the Midst of Slavery. And really, if you wanted to kind of... Uh, 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 encompass it in a small, let's say, phrase or so, is the fact that God has saved us out of the lifestyle of sin, so there's no reason to go back. We don't have to live in the bondage of sin any longer. We can live in the freedom and the redemption that Christ has given to us through His amazing grace. And I want to encompass again this uh, the picture here, is the fact of when we think of liberty, what do you think of? Just kind of in your hearts and your minds, I want you to think about that. What do you think of? Just a couple of things I think of. I think of, you know, things like freedom. I think of uh, rights, okay? Everybody likes to have their rights. I, I have the right to do this. I have the right to do that. And obviously, we have our own choices. And that's the wonderful thing, I believe, about uh, understanding the Bible, is that God loves us, and He gives us the choice to choose to love Him, to serve Him to live our lives for Him. God, I tell people all the time, especially when I'm dealing with people about uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the fact that God doesn't want a bunch of robots. And He doesn't want to come over you every single day and try to beat you over the head and say, listen, you're not right with me, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. It's the fact that God says, listen, I've demonstrated my love for you. I've showed you exactly how much I love you. Now, make the choice. Make the choice. And obviously... If you know Christ as Savior, you know it's a life full of joy and peace and fulfillment. And it's because of what Christ has done for us. You know what many believers say today when they're asked about this attitude or this concept of grace? You'll hear them say this, that, and the other thing, but usually it encompasses the fact that, really, I've heard about grace, or I could probably tell you what grace is. When it it comes to the relationship with Jesus Christ, it really doesn't fit in for them. 
And you can blame that on ignorance. You can blame that on the way that they were brought up or anything like that. But what I want to do tonight is I want to encourage you as believers to rethink from the Word of God what grace is all about. Because grace is amazing. And it's through what Christ has done for us. We've been set free from the bondage of sin and given a new life in Christ. So my encouragement to you is, let's stop living like someone who is defeated because we, as was mentioned this morning, are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And again, conquerors isn't uh, used for a word such as the people who are fighting the battle. It's the fact that we've already won the battle through Christ and we are conquerors through Him. You know what the devil desires for your life today? The devil desires that you would stay away from a lifestyle of freedom in Christ that comes from an understanding of the amazing grace of God. He wants you to stay busy in the fields of the sin and the bondage that we once lived in. And I'm here to encourage you today, by the grace of God, we can come out of the fields of sin that we've been shackled in for so long and live victoriously as liberated believers by the amazing grace of God. Just some opening thoughts I'd like you to kind of share with me as we dive into this uh, uh, concept of grace tonight. Number one, we are all born into slavery. We're going to look at some passages of Scripture. We're going to look at uh, Romans chapter 6. But just in the Romans, or just in the opening thoughts here, I'd like you to look at Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10. I, I appreciate what Pastor does. He encourages me, listen, uh, let's actually go into the Bible. I'll have some uh, verses on the screen. Make sure they're right for me if you would. I'd appreciate that. Let's actually go into the Word tonight. Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10. And it says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. In other words, listen, if you think that you're some special person because you're a Jew and you're God's chosen people, understand this, just like the Gentiles, you are all under sin. For there is none righteous, no, not one. Again, the understanding is we all deal with this body of imperfection. And we all will have to deal with this body of sin until we receive our glorified body. So number one, we are born into slavery. Number two, believers have been redeemed from slavery by Christ. Again, for many of you, this is not a, a new idea because with the understanding of the gospel, you understand that, wow, God has saved me from this lifestyle of sin, so I don't have to partake in it any longer. So what I want to do to, you, to encourage you with tonight is the fact that, hey, that's true from the Word of God. We don't have to live that way any longer, so let's come out of that lifestyle and let's focus on a redeemed life in Christ so that we can live victoriously and really the joy-filled life. I tell you what, nothing encourages me more than to be able to have a conversation with somebody who's happy. You ever, ever had a conversation with someone who had the, what we call the mully grubs? They're sad all the time. They're depressed. They're always angry. They have an attitude. They're frustrated. I tell you what, I can go the rest of my life without some, talking to somebody else like that. I'm just saying. I want to talk to someone who's happy about life. 
Even on the way over here from Arklow to Dublin to Cork, I had the opportunity to be able to share a seat with a 17-year-old young lady who was going to an event in Dublin and be able to share the gospel of Christ with her. And you know what? We had a very pleasant conversation. And it wasn't necessarily because she got saved right then and there, because she didn't. Praise the Lord, we were able to plant the seed, maybe water it a little bit. Praise God, he'll give the increase. But you know what? She didn't get saved right there. But it was still a very enjoyable conversation because she had a very pleasant attitude. A very, I would say, a happy uh, outlook on life. How much better could that be for her if she would find Christ and accept him as her personal savior? So we are all born into slavery. Believers have been redeemed from slavery by Christ. Romans 3.24, you found it right there in Romans 3. It should be there, verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have been justified through what Christ has done. Because of the lifestyle of sin that we were born into, we need a Savior. We need someone to forgive us and to take us out of that lifestyle and live in the redeemed life of Christ, and Christ did that. So the understanding, again, believers have been redeemed from a life of slavery by Christ. Some believers, number three, some believers still live in the slavery of sin. And really, as believers, this should make us very uncomfortable. This should make us sad. Because there's so many people who would call themselves a Christian or a born-again believer who have lost their joy, who have lost their happiness in Christ Jesus. And that is so unfortunate because I tell you what, just like David did, I rejoice, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my what? Salvation. My salvation. Because when I think about what I've been saved from and what God has saved me to do for Him, I'm no longer in the bondage of sin. I don't live that life anymore. I am saved to live victoriously and not just because that's my last name but because I have it in Christ Jesus. So, we are all born into slavery. Believers have been redeemed from slavery by Christ. Salvation. But, some believers still live in the slavery of their sin. So tonight I want to encourage you with this. You don't have to live like that anymore. You can live victoriously. You can live as a free man or woman because of what Christ has done for you. And if you find yourself with the tendency of going back to the fields of sin, be encouraged with this. Listen, we all deal with that because we still have to deal with this whole sinful nature. But we we don't have to say yes. We can say yes to Christ. And we can say no to that old life. Think about it like this. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture an auction block. Okay? So you have the guy coming out here, and you have something set up on the pedestal, and it's something that everybody wants. Now, back in this day, it was very common that you would actually have people set up on these auction blocks as slaves to be sold into a lifestyle of who knows what. Think about it like this. Death, hell, and Satan are all present. And on the auction block is you, is me. And they are bidding for your soul to ultimately bring you into torment, to destroy your life, But as they are bidding, one after another, Christ Jesus walks up to the front and proclaims this. I will purchase him. I will purchase her. I will pay whatever it costs. He or she now belongs to me. 
You know what it cost him? It cost him his very life. But he was willing to endure it all to purchase us. To redeem us from our sin and give us a new life in grace and mercy. Does that sound good? That's amazing. Again, amazing grace. And that should all motivate us to live that victorious life in Christ. And again, I understand. Listen, hey, I have to deal with this old sinful nature just like you all do. But again, we don't have to say yes to it. We can say no through the power of the Holy Spirit, through a relationship with God, to being a servant to Christ and living that free life and really making a difference with this life that God has given to us. Getting into the message, just focusing on that mentality of liberty in the midst of slavery. I want to look at number one into the main message. Claim your liberty. You're, uh, let's turn back to Romans chapter six. What's like this to read a few verses together. Romans chapter six. And let's start reading at verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, listen, hey, you're full of grace. God's given you the liberty to do what you want. Should we just really bask in it and do whatever we want? Which is dangerous because, hey, we still have to deal with this sinful nature. What does he say? Verse 2, what are the next two words? God forbid. God forbid. Hey, put the brakes on. Let's not do that. Because God saved us from that. Let's not go back to that lifestyle. Verse 2 again. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Do you see what the picture is here? Just in these first four verses, it's the gospel. You see the perfect, the, the, the perfect Son of God. You see His death. You see His burial. And you see His resurrection. That's the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's how we are saved. Because He's paid our sin penalty for us. And He says, just like what Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary, and then raising again on the third day to show that He was the true Son of God, that's exactly how you, as a Christian, should live your life. He died for us. Now, let's die for Him. Let's die to sin. He was raised to walk in newness of life. Again, to show that He was the actual Son of God, that He had the, the, the characteristics, and that He was God in the flesh. And as we live our new life in Christ, it's again, as Pastor said this morning, we don't, uh, we're not sinless yet until we get to, God, uh, to heaven and we receive our, our glorified bodies. But I tell you what, it's important for us to sin less. I thought that was great this morning. The understanding that nobody is perfect. Right? You you can breathe easy now. Nobody's perfect in here. We're all sinners, okay? We've all been saved by the, the grace of God, and we all still fail. But I tell you what, it's the fact of having a lot of those good days as as opposed to the bad days. I tell the teenagers all the time, listen, yeah, we all deal with sin. So the understanding is, let's sin less. Let's have days where we spend time with God 
and we live in His grace and mercy, and we share Him with other people, and we find victory in Christ. Let's have more of those days than the bad days where we uh, engage in the failures of life. Let's have some good days. Uh, as we conclude this passage and we continue on uh, and get into the message, I'd like us to stop and I'd like us to all to pray. And, and again, it's not just me praying. As we're praying right now, I'd like you all to pray. And I want you to pray a couple things. Number one, I want you to pray and thank God for what He's done in your life. I'd also like you to pray and ask God to help you in whatever area of life that you may be struggling in right now. Uh, it may not be gross sin. It may be gross sin. But whatever it is, you may be going through trials and, and temptations and testings in life. Again, we all have to deal with that. But pray that God would show you His amazing grace even more tonight and even more in the future so that you can find victory in Christ. And then lastly, I want you to pray for this. I want you to pray that God would touch everyone's heart today and that maybe even someone here in this service, I don't know all of your testimonies. You are wonderful people. I am so thankful for the wonderful privilege to be able to come to Bible Baptist Church. BibleBC.com. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. I was waiting for that one. Uh, again, thank you so much for your hospitality. It has been so warm. We're so warmly received. But again, I don't know your background, I don't know your testimony. And I tell you what, I've met people who have seemed or maybe even thought they were saved for a long time only to come to find out it was based off of something else. So I want you to pray that God would show you His amazing grace tonight and maybe even have someone come to know Christ as their Savior in this service here tonight. So those three things, okay? I want you to pray for that as we get into our message. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your amazing grace and how you have blessed us so much. And as we stop and we take the time right now, we have read through your word. We ask you to show your truths to our hearts and reveal through the power of the Holy Spirit what you would have us to do with this truth tonight. Lord, I pray that you will bind my tongue. I pray that everyone will not just hear uh, Brother Jeremy preaching through the word, but they will hear your truth and let your truth change their hearts I pray, Lord, that we will stop and just thank you for your amazing grace and how you've blessed us and how you have saved us. Lord, I pray that whatever we may be dealing with, each and every one of us in our own personal lives, that we will give those situations, those failures, those temptations, those testings in life that we have right now. I pray, Lord, that we will put them aside and let you, with your almighty power, deal with those tonight. And we will trust you with this. I pray, Lord, there's anybody here that perhaps doesn't know you as their personal Savior. Maybe they've heard about you. Maybe they've, they've uh, had a, a tradition or a religion that's kind of kept them uh, feeling good for, throughout their lives. I pray, Lord, that, that all of that will be put aside and that there will be asked from your Holy Spirit this one question. Do they know Christ as their personal Savior? Have they had forgiveness of sin through Christ and started a new life in you? And I just pray, Lord, that all those who have done that, that they will rejoice and I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody that has not done that, that they will choose to accept you as their Savior today. We thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'll bless us as we dive into this topic of your amazing and wonderful grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, I ask this question because I'm not quite familiar with a lot of the attractions around here, but uh, are there any kind of theme parks or roller coaster rides in the area? No. <laughs> not really. How many of you have ever been on a roller coaster? 
That was more than I expected with an answer like that. Okay, praise the Lord. That's good. All right, roller coaster. Uh, how many of you, you've been on a roller coaster maybe, and you could probably ride roller coasters all day, all night, 24-7 for the rest of your life? How many of you are like that? We got some of the teens. Okay, all right, I've been here. I appreciate that, okay? Man, they are thrill seekers. We'll take them to a place what we call Cedar Point, close to our area, and they will ride rides all day, and I will watch them ride rides all day. And that is totally fine. I'm like, hey, praise the Lord. That's fine. If he calls you home right now, then you're going to go home. I'm telling you. Um, but not me. We're going to do it on the bus, right? It's not going to be from a roller coaster. Um, you know, I take a step back and I say, you know what? Okay, let's ask this question. How many of you are with me, praise God, and you could go the rest of your life without rolling a roller coaster ever again? Okay. Again, it's not that necessarily that I won't go on them. It's that I don't want to go on them. Okay. Right? <laughs> right? Let's have the invitation right now. Here we go. <laughs> you know what? It's it's amazing. If you do any kind, if you maybe you've been to some parks and maybe you Google it, maybe you can see some videos. Uh, I tell you what, they have a roller coaster with every kind of name that does pretty much anything. I mean, they go backwards, they go forwards, they go up, they go down, they go uh, twisty, twirly, they go this way. That, I mean, you could probably find some in the near, uh, not too distant future, they probably fly to space and come back down. I'm not sure. They have all kinds of technology for all these roller coasters. You know what roller coasters do, though? Usually, what you will find, let's say traditional roller coasters, you'll have a point where you start, you'll go, blah, 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 and you'll stop. And usually the place that you started, you'll end up stopping. Now, again, I understand you probably Google something. And this some, you, you end up here, you start in, let's say, Ohio, you end up Florida, or you start in Dublin, you end up in Cork. I, there's probably roller coasters like that, or not too distant future. But usually in most roller coaster situations, you start somewhere, and you finish in about the same place. What I want to encourage us to do tonight is not be roller coaster Christians. Because a lot of times in our Christian life, you'll see a lot of this. Right? Especially dealing with, uh, a, a lot of times I've dealt with teenagers, and I've seen teenagers that have been on fire for God. I've seen some teenagers that have been uh, icy cold to the things of God, and I've seen teenagers that are lukewarm. And the lukewarm teenagers, and really everybody, the lukewarm, do this. There's a lot of this, and most time there's more of this, of the low side of life, and I really don't want to do anything for God, and I really don't want to listen to his word, and I really want to push all this to the side because I enjoy my life of sin way too much than to live on the mountaintop experiences and enjoy life living for God. And it just seems like everything's a loop. Everything's a loop. Let me encourage you with this tonight. God saved you here. Don't go back. End up somewhere else. Keep going and let your life be used in an amazing way by the grace of God. Don't just do whatever the tracks or the walks of life tell you to do. Because I tell you what, this world wants you to do a few things. It wants you to focus on yourself. It wants you to do whatever you want to do. It wants you to bask in all your uh, humanly liberty and enjoy Everything there is about life, because, hey, you only live once, right? But when God says, listen, I have bought you with a price, and it was my life. What should we give back to God but our life? God has saved us with his blood, his sweat, his tears. He has given all for us. It just seems right that we should live our lives for him. 
And I tell you what, if you've ever chosen to live your life for Christ and, and you've chosen to, to take that step away from sin and to live for the glory of God, you'll find that it's a life that's worth living. It doesn't feel like a life of bondage that you couldn't get out of except with the power of Christ. It feels like a life redeemed, liberated, free, because you're serving the King of Kings and you're serving the Lord of Lords. Claim your liberty through what Christ has done for you. How do you do that? You have to see yourself as a victor. I tell you what, you can't have victory if you see yourself as a failure. Now let me, let me tell you this. We all are sinners. And we will all have days where we will fail. But God's bigger than that. And God has a bigger plan than that for your life. So you have to see your life as a victor. Turn to Romans chapter 6. You should already be there. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Here's something I want you just all to understand. Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Knowing this, that our old man, our past life, the life that we lived when we were lost without Christ, it is crucified, it is destroyed, it is killed with Him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. In other words, listen. What God is saying to us, listen. You lived in this life of bondage, of persecution. You were chained to whatever life had for you. And there was no hope. But then one came who could give you hope and who gave you a new life. Again, Christ Jesus and what He's done for us. And He has redeemed us from that life for us to have this perspective. I can live a life of victory. Not because of me, but because... Christ has all power to help me to do so. See yourself as a victor. We read this verse, understanding that we are dead in Christ. Sounds a little weird, right? We are, we, wait a minute, we are, we are dead? But God says this is absolutely necessary. Listen, I don't want you to go kill yourself. I want you to kill sin. I want you to kill that old lifestyle. I want you to kill the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes. I want you to get that out of your life because I have so much prepared for you that I want you to do. Not things that are going to last for the temporal world, but things that are going to last eternity. And for that to happen, you have to put off the old lifestyle. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. As I was preparing, I was like, man, I got a lot of verses. Then pastor pre- preached probably at least uh, uh, 50 or 60 verses this morning. I'm like, well, I don't have that many, so I guess I should be okay. Second Corinthians chapter 5, but I've always been taught you prove the Bible with the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Maybe a verse you're familiar with. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Him by Jesus Christ. He has redeemed us. He has bought us. He has made us right with God with His death, burial, and resurrection. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation." God has reconciled us to restore a relationship with. 
You ever had a, a frustration come up or maybe you had a, a spat with maybe your, your spouse or maybe with your kids or maybe brothers and sisters? Actually, I'll take the word maybe out of brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, you've had a spat with each other because that definitely has happened. And there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of malice there, a lot of attitudes. But you know what? At the end of the road, if you love each other, you kind of put it aside. Hey, okay, let's let's actually resolve this conflict. But you know what? We had a conflict with God. And it wasn't because God was unloving and didn't like us. It was because we didn't love God. And we didn't want any part in Him. Because His attitude and His being is holiness and, and, and love and compassion. And I tell you what, once you start dealing with those attributes, you, st- you start thinking less of yourself and more of others, and we don't like that. We like to think of ourselves. We like to, to, to take care of number one, as it were. But God says, listen, I've reconciled you from that, that frustration, from that malice attitude that you had with God. I've reconciled you together, that you understood the amazing grace and love of God and what he has done for you. In that when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you are redeemed and therefore reconciled with God. Listen, friendship with God, we were the enemy of God. But now we commune together. Thank God we can come boldly before His throne of grace because what Christ has done for us. What an amazing factor that confidence is in any endeavor. How many of you play sports or you in some type of competition? Or, okay, let's just use the Olympics because it's perfect timing, right? How many of you watch the Olympics whatsoever, okay? Just a little bit, that's fine. Let me ask you this. Let's say you have somebody going out for the Olympics and you're rooting them on and obviously they're from Ireland, right? Okay, so you're rooting them on and you want them to do well. Let's say that you have this person that you're rooting on and you're wanting to do well and they have zero confidence in themselves. How do you think they're going to do? My first thought is, how'd they get there? Because <laughs> if they have no confidence in themselves, there's no way that they're going to come out victorious because they've already given up on themselves. They've already counted themselves as losers, as failures. But the amazing attitude that you will see in things and sports such as the Olympics, when the people come to the to the uh, uh, the crowning stage and you see people getting the gold and the silver and, and the bronze, those people have confidence in themselves. They have confidence in their ability. They have confidence in their own skill. Now, I'm not preaching that you have confidence in yourself. Don't get me wrong. We're sinners. I'm encouraging you as believers to have confidence in the one who can make you victorious. Who can make you gold medalists, if you will. Hey, I want a gold medal. I tell you what, we're going to receive crown of life and crown of righteousness and all kinds of different uh, 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 treasures from God when we get before Him and we say, Lord, I live my life for you. Know what we're going to do with those things? Cast them back. Because we understand even more than than ever, that is because of Him. Thank you, Lord, for for wanting to honor uh, the situation that I was in and me being faithful to you, but it was only because of you that I was faithful. And I'm going to give it back to you. Uh, uh, I've been reading a little bit in the news. I I know there's a little bit uh, of a following of boxing. How many like boxing or watching boxing? She's really excited about it, I can tell. Okay. (laughs) Honestly, I, 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 I probably like roller coasters. I could go the rest of my life. 
without watching boxing. I like a good match if it's actually going to be a good matchup. Uh, how many of you are familiar with Muhammad Ali? Okay, praise God. I was hoping everybody understood that. That's good. All right. I tell you what, if you watch anything about Muhammad Ali, any documentary or any of his past fights, the famous boxer, you will notice that he never closes his mouth. Now, I'm not saying he fights like this. Okay, I'm saying he made so many comments about how good he was. I tell you what, you know where they say he won most of his fights? You can ask his opponent, opponents, especially the ones who lost against him, and they'll tell you, hey, I lost that fight before it even started. Because he was so confident that he was going to go in and knock his opponent out that not only did he believe it, but most of his opponents believed he believed it as well. So when he got in and he got ready to knock him out, they were like, okay, I guess I should just fall down. <laughs> because they had already given up. He was confident. Again, he was confident in himself. We can see the success in this old flesh. How much more success could we see as victors in Christ? Because guess what? We have limitations. I can, I can go on top of this roof and, and, and believe as hard as I want and be confident in the fact that if I jump off and I flap my arms, as funny as it would be, I am not going to fly away. And it may be funny, <laughs> but the point is, is I'm going to come crashing down because it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's scientifically impossible, especially with this physique. It's just not going to happen. It's going to come down faster. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Because my confidence would be in something that really is just preposterous. But when my confidence is in Christ Jesus, who makes all things possible, even living a life of success and grace in Him, He makes all things beautiful in His time. And He wants to make your life beautiful to bring you out of that lifestyle. We give in to sin because we feel like we have to. We feel like sin is going to win anyway, so why even fight it? But we need to look at sin, confident that Christ has given us a victory over it, and say, no, not in our own strength, but in the strength of our amazing God. Quick picture there, Muhammad Ali. There he is. Okay, we're done. Moving on. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I love diving into the book of Romans because it's one thing that we train our, our young people on, especially as we, uh, have you heard of the Romans wrote? It's all about the amazing grace of God and it's about how Christ has redeemed us through Him. And it really, you can stay in that book of the Bible and show somebody clearly how to be saved. I love the book of Romans. I love how it clearly shows a sinner how he can know Christ as Savior. That's probably what, really why we're spending a lot of time in there because it dives into the amazing grace of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded, not just an attitude of, I hope this is going to happen, but what the writer is saying, I am 110%, if it was possible, convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise God for that. Just think about it. Think about it. How much more could we do as believers if we had this kind of a persuasion? 
if we were this confident in the amazing love of God? I tell you what, it'd motivate me to want to share more with others. It'd motivate me to want to stay away from sin so I can better have a better testimony for my Lord and Savior and be able to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you with this. Don't cower in fear when sin comes knocking. Rest in the amazing grace and power of God and confidently say, I don't have to sin. Praise God. When we look in the mirror, we can see ourselves as victors, liberated from sin. We are free through Christ. This leads us to our next point. Tell yourself that you are free. I know this is kind of leaning towards the mentality that we focus on self, but all of this leads back to it's only by God's grace. It is only through what he's done for us. Romans chapter 6, verse 11, you can turn back over there, reading this verse, Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. When you reckon something, it's not just a southern word that we use. See, a lot of times you'll have a lot of, I call it southernology. It's not necessarily southern Ireland. It's actually the southern United States. And nine times out of ten, when I get going, especially if I'm talking to my mom or my dad on the phone or something, uh, my wife can't even understand what I'm, what I'm saying. And I'm like, okay, finally, I get to come to a place and we understand that a little bit better. And we understand uh, that we really don't understand. <laughs> but it's the understanding of, listen, if I focus my life on what Christ has done, and I reckon the fact that it is completely solidified, it has been finalized. It's an accounting term. It's meaning mark it down, finish it, conclude it. The point is, is mark it down, you're free. You're free from the life of sin. You are free to a life of grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. You no longer have to live in sin. We can tell ourselves, we can understand, we can focus on Christ through the power of God and His Word that we don't have to sin. We don't have to live in a life of sin in the servitude of the bondage that we were saved out of. And then letter C, give yourself to God. I tell you what, you can have the understanding that you see yourself as a victor and you see yourself as a victor because of Christ. You can tell yourself that you are free because what of what has Christ has done for us. And I tell you what, a lot of people have that knowledge in their head. But if you never give yourself to God, it'll never last. It will never last. You will always lead back to that life of failure and that life of servitude. Because it is only when we give that broken and sinful life to an amazing God that He as the potter molds it and fits it and uses it as a vessel for His glory. The best way to remember something is to keep going over it. I love how Pastor has been going over the the verses and stuff. And even people that, hey, maybe I didn't know that verse. You're starting to learn new words or or new uh, uh, memory verses and, and hiding God's word in your heart. Hey, that's a commandment from Scripture to hide that. I mean, I'm not saying be like John in Revelation and actually eat the Scriptures. We don't have to do that. But you know what we can do? We can be ready to give an answer to every man. We can be ready, just as Christ was in Matthew chapter 4, to battle temptation with Scripture that battles that lifestyle. 
Hey, you're dealing with this. You're dealing with that. You don't want to give into that lifestyle anymore. Hey, hide God's word in your heart so that you can be as Christ battling that temptation with the very words of God. You can live victoriously. My pastor uh, back in Alabama always used to tell me uh, repetition is practical theology. Repetition is practical theology. So if you really want something to stick, go over it and over it and over it and over it. If any of you had to take a test, I remember in college, and I'd have to go over it. Now, it may have been the night before or maybe even a couple hours before the test, but I tell you what, going over it and 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 over it, you can never go over it too many times because that is how it sticks. And I tell you what, when you start using God's Word because you've memorized it and you've repeated it and you've hit it, it lasts. And that's exactly what God expects, expects from us. Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Look at this verse. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. You know what? We have amazing skill set with the fact that we have our bodies. Now, I don't care how young you are or how old you are, God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and He wants to use you for that perfect plan. And so what God wants you to do is, listen, say no to sin, by the amazing grace of God, live in a life of victory, so that you can accomplish what He wants you to accomplish. Because that's not possible. What does the Bible say? You cannot have two masters. For you'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll turn to and serve the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Because when you're double-minded, there will always, always, always be a disloyalty to something. To one of the two, or one of the three, or however many things that we have in place of God in our lives. But when we're focusing on one, and we're letting Him lead our lives, then we have the mind of Christ. And we focus on what He wants, what He expects, and what He can accomplish through your life. That's exactly what He wants to do. Romans chapter 7, uh, we have the, 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 uh, the writer going through the understanding of saying, uh, you know what, this life of sin, it's hard. It's really hard. In so much that the good things that I want to do for the amazing grace of God, I don't do them. Why? Because I fall into sin. Does that sound like anybody's testimony? I'll raise my hand. That's me. I want to do the right things because God loves me, and I want to serve Him, and I want to show Him that I love Him. But so many times I say no to God and, and yes to self and I fall into sin. Why? Because of the flesh. And so many times I want to say no to sin and I want to live a victorious life in Christ. And I don't do it. I say yes to the flesh. In verse 24 you see the understanding of, listen, who can save me from this body of death, from this flesh? Who is able to give me victory? Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The understanding is, listen, it's only by God that you can have victory. You may say, listen, I'm saved and I want to love God and I want to show Him I love Him, but you're falling into sin. Why? Because of the flesh. You want to say no to sin and you want to live a, an amazing uh, a life of grace and mercy and love to God and you don't end up doing it. Why? Because of the life of sin. Because of the bondage. 
how can I be delivered through Christ? It sounds easy, right? Wow, I just wish I had the, the, the uh, familiar with the staples button. Boop, that was easy. Maybe not. <laughs> That's fine. I want you to imagine. Okay, this is a new concept. It's, it's, it's totally new here. Here we go. I'm making it up. Here we go. All right, there's a button. And it says, push me if you want stuff to go easy. And you push the button. And it goes, well, that was easy. And it just happens. That would be awesome in a life of a believer. Right? Okay, here comes sin. It's walking around as a roaring lion. Satan wants to kick the door open in your life and ruin it. And as soon as Satan says, listen, I got you. Boop. Wow. I won. Yay. I'm a victor. But we all understand that that's not how it works. And so many times when Satan kicks the door down in our lives, we fall back into that lifestyle. What I want to encourage you with this uh, to, this evening is, is with this. If you don't get anything else, get this. God loves you. The Almighty God of the universe loves you. He has a perfect plan for your life. And He's going to do everything and has done everything in His power to make sure that you are victorious. You are successful. That you can live a life accomplishing His plan and seeing amazing things, miraculous things happen because of who He is and the power that He has and what He wants to do through your life. He's already given that to us. But just like salvation, we have a choice. No, God, not today. I want to live my own life. I want to enjoy what I can enjoy with this life that I live. And we say no to God. And we say no to His amazing, wonderful grace. But it's when we say yes. It's when we say, yes, God. Because let me tell you now, God's speaking to your heart. I know He is. The Holy Spirit's working. We're two or more gathered in His name. There He's going to be also. I know God is with us right now. I know He's working on hearts. And He's touching specific areas of your life that He wants you to work on. Again, it may not be gross sin. It may just be a a situation in your life where you need to have a little bit more faith. Whatever it may be, God's working in your heart. Let me encourage you with this. Say yes. Say yes. Because if you've ever experienced saying yes to God, it's awesome. It's a wonderful life. It's joy-filled life. And it's the life that God wants us to live every single day. He wants you to know His amazing grace. Too many Christians will never be free from sin because a lot of times we don't believe that God actually can free us. Too many times we don't really believe that God has the power to give us victory. You ever felt like this? I have. You ever felt like, man, I sin again. I've fallen into sin again. Lord, I, I know I told you that I, I would get this out of my life, and I know I committed it to you, and I know I, I said I was going to spend more time with you, but I've fallen into sin again in your hearts. Have you done that? Again, I'll raise my hand. That's my testimony, because I'm a sinner, and we all are. So let me encourage you with that. You're among friends. We've all failed. But again, we can live that victorious Christian life. I don't care how far in sin that you've been living or how many times you've fallen into that temptation that is besetting in your life. 
God's grace is still bigger. God's love is still insurmountable to the understanding that we can even comprehend as finite human beings. It's not even possible for us to comprehend it. We associate so many times God's love to our own love because our own love does this. Hey, if you'll do right to me, if you'll show me love, I'll show you love. But that's the amazing unconditional love of God that it does. it's not dependent on you loving God or you saying to God that I love you. He loves you no matter what. Tell you what, everyone deserves uh, to, to be shown the amazing love of God because Christ died for all. He didn't just die for you. He, he didn't just die for me. I tell you what, he still would have done it. But he didn't just die for you and me tonight. He died for everyone. And they need to know about God's amazing love and to know that this life is meant to be lived for something way, way more important. Leading it to the next one. Claim our liberty through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And number two, seize your opportunity. I tell you what, again, we go back to the fact that, listen, we can always have a head knowledge. But if we never apply that head knowledge to the practical work that we do in ministry, it's never going to go anywhere. And it's always going to lead to failure because of who we are. Some people want to get out of the cycle of sin, but some like to stay in the fields of sin. God brings life. Sin brings death. Um, I debated on using this because really it makes uh, me look a little silly uh, in my younger years. But that's okay. If anybody could uh, 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 use your past to be a blessing to somebody, I guess I'll use this illustration. I think it's fine. Uh, how many of you are familiar with the electric fences? Uh, a lot of times that you'll use, see around pastures and, and farm animals and to keep things out. And I, I totally understand that. We had a lot of uh, pastures around are pastures, pastors, uh, a lot of pastures, <laughs> fields with cows in them, okay, uh, around our household, a lot of farmland. And uh, my brother and I, we love to go out and, you know, we obviously we'd mess with the cows and, you know, we were younger, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It was a long time ago. So really young, let's say seven or eight years old. And we'd love to go out and we'd check on the cows and we'd check on uh, some of the other livestock that we had. And uh, we'd always have those electric fences. And usually... If you're smart, you can listen or you can look at the little meter and see that the electric fence is open. Now, uh, answer me this. Should you grab an electric fence? No, no, please don't. It's definitely no. Well, my brother and I, we had this awesome idea, and it was obviously very intelligent. Uh, we decided to see, obviously being brothers wanting to, to compete with one another, um, we grabbed a stick, and we wanted to see how short we could get the stick before we actually felt the electric shock. I know it was brilliant, right? Yeah, super smart. All right, so I grabbed a stick, and I got a really long one because I wanted to be safe at first, and I put it on there, and I didn't really feel anything. I'm like, maybe the fence isn't even on. So we we skipped quite a few steps and went down to a stick about this big. And I put it on the fence, and let me just tell you, the fence was on. (laughs) Uh, What do you think happened? I felt that electric shock, right? Smart? Not so much. The good thing is, is I can encourage you tonight don't grab electric fences, okay? So that was where they're going, the illustration was going. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, now, let me make this clear. Why did I even do this, though I knew the consequences were not going to be good? Now, some of you have already guessed it. I-, I was pretty foolish, right? We choose to partake in something that we know is going to bring us shame, hurt, sin, death. It's like a slave that has escaped from the field for a while, 
but chooses to return and endure the life and the lashes once again. I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. It's it's really the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. When we live a life of sin, it's always going to lead to destruction. You can live a life of this kind of sin, this kind of sin, this kind of sin, that kind of sin, that kind of sin, that kind of sin. You can go through all sins that you can possibly think of that you may have to endure in your life, but I guarantee you all of those are going to lead to a life of destruction. And it doesn't matter what you do. Sin leads to destruction. The wages of sin is what? Death. We all understand that. But praise God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what I encourage you to, I want to encourage you with tonight is to seize the opportunity by getting out of the cycle of sin. Whoops, I fell into sin again. I guess I'll get right with God. Whoops, I fell into sin again. I guess I'll get right with God. Whoops, I, I fell into sin again. I guess I'll get it right with God. I tell you what, especially uh, myself as a teenager, we take trips to summer camps and we take trips to youth events and youth conferences. And it seemed like every year, myself included, we see all these teenagers who had made these big decisions to do right and to live a life of purity and holiness. And we had fallen away in a year's time. And it just seemed like everything kind of went back into the cycle. Okay, I got right with God. But then I went into the life of sin again. My encouragement, again, long story short, Let's get out of the cycle. Let's get out of the rut, if you will, of falling into that lifestyle because God says you don't have to live that way. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Please, church, please understand you don't have to live that life anymore. Live a life of purpose. I just want to go through these just really quick, just understanding the concepts that we've already solidified tonight is the fact that Romans 6.14 teaches, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. I'd like to conclude with a couple verses. Look at Romans chapter 6, verses 21 through 23. Romans chapter chapter 6, verses 21 through Starting with verses 21, what fruit, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So in other words, what do you have to show for the life of sin that you once lived? Because all of that's going to lead to death and destruction. Verse 22, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me encourage you with this tonight. We can live uh, the life understanding that if we're leaning into that life of death, it will never produce any kind of fruit that will be everlasting. But when we live that life of fruit that leads to glory, glorifying God our Savior, we see amazing things happen. Because God's good. Let me encourage you with this. God has been, He is, and He always will be our good and our faithful God. Liberty in the midst of slavery. My encouragement to you tonight is not to make you doubt your salvation, 
It's not necessarily uh, to make you frustrated or, or to make you go out and, and, and question everything that you know. We should question those things. We should always go back to God's word to understand what we truly believe as believers. But it's this, understanding the truth, number one, that we're saved by the amazing grace of God. And that it's by his amazing grace that we can have liberty and we can have freedom. You have liberty in Christ. You have it. It's there. Live in the freedom that he has already given to you. Let me ask that every head bow and every eye close. And let's go ahead and stand. Let's go ahead and stand at this time. And pastor, I'd like to pray, just ask a couple questions, and I'll let you conclude the service. But I want you to think about this with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to think about this concept of the amazing grace of God. How many of you today would say, Brother Jeremy, I've listened to the message, I understand the scriptures, and one day I understood that I was a sinner. I understood that I needed a Savior, and that Savior was Jesus Christ, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. He cleansed me of my sin. I was born again. How many of you, with head bowed, eye closed, I would like you to raise your hand in just a testimony and say, Brother Jeremy, I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again. I've accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Hands up all over the auditorium. I appreciate that. You can put your hands down. Again, that's not to draw attention to yourself. That's you to testify of the amazing grace of God in your life that's already occurred. And I won't ask for a raise of hands with this one, but I want you to understand this. No matter if you're here and you know Christ as Savior, or you'd be willing in your heart to say that you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you do not have forgiveness of sins. You don't have a true relationship with Christ. God loves you so much. He loves you and He wants to do something amazing in your life. Number one, through saving you and giving you forgiveness, but also to use your entire life to glorify Him and to give you joy in the redemption through Christ. Let me encourage you with this tonight. God loves you. God wants and can and will use your life as we give our lives to Him each and every single day. But many times we have to understand that saying no to sin and saying yes to an amazing, loving, faithful, and gracious God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for who you are, what you've done in our hearts tonight, what you've done in our hearts through salvation whenever that may have occurred in the past. Let us pray, Lord, that we will be encouraged tonight knowing that your grace not only applies to our life of salvation, but our life as a believer of constantly and every single day getting into your word, praying and talking to you, spending time with you, having a relationship with you so that we can then say no to a life of sin, to the bondage that we once lived in, and saying yes to a life of glorifying you. We love you, Lord. And as we leave here tonight, no matter what the situation I pray that everyone be encouraged, as I have been as well, that you are good and that we can trust you and that we can depend on your power to live the successful and victorious life in Christ, being conquerors through what you have done. Thank you, Lord, again, for all that you have done, are doing, 
and will do as we continue this gospel message throughout this week. Brother Brother Garrett and Brother Ryan, we are so thankful for what you will do and what we will see you do through the lives of these kids, through the lives of these teenagers. I pray, Lord, that you will prepare their hearts, even now, to receive your amazing and wonderful grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor.